right off the bat, I'm going to ask you the most important question in the world. What's your take on oatmeal raisin cookies? I don't think raisins belong. Because think about this. It was a grape. It was fine. It needed no modifications. And someone's <laughs> like, let's turn this into a foreskin. Let's turn this grape into old man balls. And but you get raisins. Your knowledge of male anatomy is <laughs> shocking. But, uh, I mean, point taken that you are taking something that is like literally a symbol of vitality and turning it into a shriveled thing. But... Don't like do do raisins actually taste bad to everyone except me? Because it seems like their raisins are having the food equivalent of the word moist five years ago, where everyone decided suddenly that they hate it. Like, is it just me? I've always felt that way, so I, mean, I can't speak for others. But I know it's like it's often inserted into sweet foods that would have been totally fine without it, and it's just like a very blunt like flavor to get hit with. Because hmm. I when get not... the argument that if you're expecting a chocolate chip cookie and it turns out to be an oatmeal raisin, that that's not fun. But like, I mean, you're not you're not seriously saying that you think an oatmeal cookie would be better than an oatmeal raisin, are you? That's how much I don't like raisins in my. I mean, I don't like raisins at all, but I love grapes. Explain that to me. Hmm. How do you feel about sun dried tomatoes versus normal tomatoes? Oh, this is not a good thing to bring up. I think we should talk about anything else. <laughs> oh, man. You're not feeling so well? No, it's just that tomatoes are gross. Tomato sauce is great. Tomatoes are gross. Oh. All right. Okay. I was uh, just asking because I spent a lot of the day baking cookies, and my favorite cookie is the white chocolate crate oatmeal craisin that Rachel um, first showed me, and it's amazing. I don't know what to say to you. I mean, that could be, <laughs> could be partially me. It could be partially the revelations that you've just made. Um, I feel would like... You like, to, like... <laughs> Go ahead. Would you like to move on to talk about um, the Brazilians versus the Croatians? I the, thought I was going to be able to make it Cro Croatians? The Croatians? The Croatians, if you will. <laughs> They're having the craziness. Craisins versus the Brazil nuts. It's a regular uh, trail mix of <laughs> World Cup entertainment. So we, 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 trail mix. Go on. we just we just flew through the quarterfinals. And Jeff, would you say this was and like boy, way our arms tired? <laughs> yes, that's where would you're you... going with that, right? Yeah, yeah. Well, I mean, sorry, I stole the punchline. Oh, you're gonna be way funnier than me today. This is rough. Um, <laughs> So would you would you say it was like better than you possibly thought it could be like from a sporting only a purely sporting perspective? I don't mean to have the take of every bad commentator of which there have been many this World Cup, but this World Cup, like it really just feels like just pound for pound more crazy stuff has happened during this World Cup than you would expect to happen during like on the pitch. On oh, the yeah. Pitch. I mean, and I mean, probably off the pitch too, to a certain extent, you know, but yeah, on, I mean, I'm just talking about the on the pitch things. This has been an insane World Cup where, I mean, we've seen some of the best teams imaginable fall to teams that we'd never heard of. It's and over and over again, seemingly. It, it doesn't stop happening. 
do you want to do you want to start with uh you want to go in chronological order from from how the games were played? Is that the way that you've set up the banners, or do I, I have to so. remember the chronological order? No, I think order? I think it is. I'm pretty sure it is. But yes, you I, said, I see you, at least one problem with your chronology, but it's only slightly off. What did I do? Because I so I'm looking ahead here, and I know that England and France was after Morocco Ooh, okay. and Portugal. Cool. All right, fixed. Um. I right. I don't. I kind of just want to talk about Morocco, Portugal, because I have a weird little anecdote. Because I've had so my parents are coming next week. We also have friends coming around New Year's, and like you've seen my apartment, we sort of halfway moved in, so we had like a lot of work to do to just get that stuff ready. But then we also had a lot of work to do to like get ready for the holidays themselves. And so I basically yesterday was like, I can't really just sit around and watch all the games today like i should try to like i'll pick my poisons here and i'm like i have to see england france like that's a must see for me and so portugal morocco i'm gonna like give it a skip and as i'm like running around my house like you know running through errands i just start hearing car horns blaring throughout the city of london and i'm like oh i guess morocco won (laughs) and that was exactly right but it's like the, uh, I mean, literally the shots heard round the world over and over again with Morocco. What a story. Do you know that there have been a total of three non-European, non-South American World Cup semifinalists ever? Can you name them? This is not a game. This is just a fun Ooh. little... I know one off the top of my head because we like... talked about it on the last podcast. That would be the United States of America. Um, Jeez. You know a second one because you South Korea. Okay, yeah, but they snuck into the semifinals. <laughs> yeah, Jeff, you know all three. You skipped the obvious one. Oh, and then Morocco. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, that's. that's I'm glad you said that because I thought you meant three outside of Morocco. I know. I, was gonna I saw... maybe guess Mexico because they hosted a World Cup and like maybe they had a South Korea effect. But yeah, no, I, I stopped you. I stopped you uh, from crashing into that. You tried so... to stop me, and then I said, "No, I really wanted to stop. I was trying to turn right." <laughs> So, so that it was, I wouldn't say it was my favorite match of the day. The result was maybe the crazier thing versus like an enjoyable match. Yeah. So as for me, as someone who didn't watch all of it, I, I've seen a bunch of the highlights. Um, what was it? Was, was Ronaldo just crying the entire time? Or Ronaldo, what was it? R- Ronaldo subbed on. He, he started off because the guy who had just scored the hat trick in the previous round, uh, whose name I have already forgotten, probably for the best. Um, <laughs> but he, he, he didn't Jowl do much for Felix? 60 minutes. No, not Jao Felix. Um, he scored a hat trick. I can't remember his name. I, I literally... Just volunteered that I can't remember. Yeah. yeah. But but then Morocco just basically played like the underdog countering. And one such counter was highly effective and they scored. But that wasn't, I would say that was the least in-game drama. Like Croatia-Brazil was drama going down to the, to the bitter end of that match. But just the fact that like Croatia was able to sort of use their old man anger to like will themselves back into the match and then last for, you know, it was 120 minutes. Yeah, it was 120 minutes. Well, but they didn't, they didn't score 
the equalizer until like the 117th minute or whatever, right? Like, so yeah. they, at that point, they just had to hang on. But like, when when Neymar scored, it just felt so ordained by the football gods, you know? And the fact that they kind of continued to play, I don't know, probably says a lot about them being a bit of an older team where it's like, They've seen some things. They don't care, you know. <laughs> like, but Luka Modric played like a hundred and something minutes, didn't he? Like, it was the the players that are playing for them and putting in good performances are really old. They're like at the end of their careers, and there's just something about like, I mean, I, I want to wait. Croatia, would we call Croatia a like? I want to lump them in there with Serbia as like a a hard survivable people, but I don't actually know anything about Croatia, so I shouldn't do that. I mean, they do have a a, a big... I've seen exactly one World War One documentary recently, so allow me to illuminate. No. Um, no, they do have a, a, a very intertwined history with the Serbian people, and I think, like, there is a... Um, I don't know. I think this is true of, like, a lot of... There's so many people, even in this World Cup, in a relatively modern era where not that many people have been affected by war. This is not 1946. This is not, you know, Vietnam. Like, there's sort of a disproportionate amount of players who've had their lives upended by various wars, be they Albanian, Croat, Serbs, whatever. And I do think that, like, if you're if you're a people that have gone through that recently, somehow the pressure's off in these fun sports games that you're playing. You know what I mean? It, it doesn't quite mean the same thing to the Croatians as it did to the Brazilians who like, I mean, gosh, such a talented team, Brazil, but you do wonder like, or at least I wonder at any point is the pressure on them. That is just so, so heavy. Like, does that just prevent them from winning games? You know what I mean? Like the, the expectation it's, like, it's too big of a deal to them. To, to to not be in your own head. Yeah. You know what I mean? It's like they they all, as soon as the final whistle goes, they all burst into what looked to me to be pretty like earnest tears. And it's like, I think, I think they're holding those back the whole game, which, you know what I mean? Like there's a level of emotion that is helpful of like to be up and to be, you know, like going and going, but like there must be another level of emotion where it means too much, you know? I, that's my take. I mean, that that's a good point. It's funny that until this World Cup, it felt like the not the what's the opposite of the underdog, the the expected team to win in a given. Like I feel like the favorite, yeah, yeah. The, sorry, thank you. The favorite were in were, pole position. I'm not saying upsets never happen, but usually this late in the tournament, the favorites start kicking into high gear, and it's like not cruise control, but they've been here, they've done that. But this time, it's like, you know, you've got Germany home, Brazil home. Um, shit, where's the rest of the... Spain. Oh, Nether- Netherlands home, home Spain home. Yeah. Like, it's kind of rough, man. I, ha- I had a friend tell me his uh, sort of interesting take on that. And he brought up a FA Cup semifinal from a few years back where, against all odds, Aston Villa beat um, Liverpool. And this was sort of Gerard, Gerard's, I don't know why I made him French, Gerard's um, Liverpool. 
Stefan Gérard. <rire> Stefan Gérard. Allez, allez. Um, they knocked them off in the semifinal so that they could go on to the final. And, you know, in that game, everyone was rooting for Aston Villa because it's the FA Cup and you love to see the sort of magic of the cup and the big guys get knocked out and all that. But then sort of unfortunately, predictably, well, unless you're an Arsenal fan, they went on to the final and lost to Arsenal and it was sort of anticlimactic. Meanwhile, it could have been, I don't know if it would have been the last or one of the very, very last games that Stéphane Gerrard um, would have worn a Liverpool shirt, was playing in an FA Cup final against Arsenal, which would have been pretty epic. Um, and his, and it's interesting coming from him because this is a guy whose like, favorite team is Crew Alexandra, so not exactly like one of the big six. Um, but he was saying, like, don't root for the underdogs because you can either have like your little, you know, gumdrop today or you can wait for a full candy smorgasbord in the next round. And it was a little bit like this, even, even going into the quarterfinals, you know, from the round of 16, Morocco knocked off Spain, which prevented us from seeing a Portugal Spain game that would have been must see TV. Yeah. But then, I mean, I guess they're making me eat my words. Cause then they showed that they'd belonged in that match because they beat Portugal. Um, you know, so they keep going through, but there, it, there is a little part of me, like a little snobby elitist part of me that's like, I kind of wish that it was still Spain in that spot or still Portugal. You know what I mean? Like, as much as I'm kind of rooting for them, at this point, my team's out of it. So I'd like to just see the best teams in the world play. Thanks. You might you might have very particular opinions on each different nation's play style. And a more effective play style might on on a given day trump a more beautiful play style and then that kind of is a it's natural selection for effectiveness right like like teams that are more effective yeah will stay in the tournament whether or not they're fun for us to watch and I, you do forget too like how different these knockout games feel until you know what i mean it's been a few years and it's like that 120 minutes thing is so different where it's like a lot of grinding down. Like, I mean, the games just feel so different than a Premier League game where everyone's, you know, trying to win it in the first 70. Like, these games feel very plotting. And then if you're a team like Morocco, you're quite happy to take a nil-nil and then go kick some penalties and, like, see where it lands. So I think, like, the, the incentive... It's a bit weird in the knockout games where it's like even less so than the group games. It's like nobody's really, you don't really have to go for the win anymore um, in a way that's kind of sad and kind of not that fun. Oh, speaking of uh, how crazy have all of the penalty kicks been this World Cup? It feels like the like people are missing a lot of penalty kicks in game and in shootouts. This is a meme that I I think I sent to you, and I probably should have sent to the tweet uh, to the Twitter. So at tweet the soccer's, I'll send it later. Um, but it said something about like uh, like England going out on penalties when there wasn't even penalties. Like the commitment to the bit is just outstanding. <laughs> um, and yeah, there's some truth to that, but it, it's all over the map with them, and it, and it's not close. I mean, there's there's been multiple instances of watching the penalties, and it's like it's see you know squads that aren't scoring you know didn't spain didn't score a single penalty is that right or am i making that up i don't think they did 
Well, didn't it didn't it not go that far? Wasn't it only like? I guess it got to the three or the four or whatever. But even still, it's like, how many penalties in a row would you bet on Spain missing? You know what I mean? Zero. I would bet. I would bet on a a nation like Spain converting everything, just due to like repetition and excellence. I don't know. I would think that they would never miss. Yeah, the penalty. Although that is the that is one of the strange things about Spain that they don't they seem to never have a striker. Even when they've been very good, they've just been so good at playing midfield that they end up winning anyway. And it's like and, and the thing that I really question about that is like you look at like Italy or you know other teams that had sort of colonial fingers and toes elsewhere, or even just have like a big diaspora. And it's like, they do a bit of recruiting. And I'm just so surprised that out of all of South and Central America, like, they haven't been able to, you know what I mean? They kind of did it with Diego Costa, but it was, like, too late. But, like, how have they not been able to What are you saying, steal? dual nationals? Dual nationals? How they, yeah, how have they not been able to, like, basically find a player who more or less isn't Spanish, but is Spanish enough to play that position for them? Like, I don't know. I mean, why, why haven't we? Why haven't the United States? <laughs> we have access to lots of countries. Like That's lots true. of countries dual nationals. But first of all, we do avail of other countries dual nationals all the time. And second of all, I think we are a way less attractive destination than Spain. I mean, to get to play in front of those midfields at those wingers, like your job would be pretty easy. Like, I mean, it goes back to that thing. I guess this is becoming like a trope in my head. So therefore it's a trope in the show, but like the, the Olivier Giroud test of like, if you just had a sort of 16 goals a season, Olivier Giroud type striker, how good would you be? And Spain would be fantastic. They would be so good with him. You know what I mean? Well, they were when they had, what's his face? The guy who went to MLS, David Villa. When, when oh, yeah. Spain had David Villa, they were that. They Didn't they win the World Cup when they that was good. Him? That was the time that they won. And they've only got one, right? Which is kind of wild. All right. By the way, we we really stopped talking about Brazil Croatia, but uh in the end Brazil shocked going going home or probably they've already are home at this point, right? They're coming home. Coming <laughs> home. Um yeah, no they went home. And, I did and... I did find sort of mildly bringing this back to the Premier League games that I think at least I am more interested in. I have a feeling both of us are slightly more interested in, but Gabriel Martinelli, who played a very, very minor role in this World Cup for the Brazilian team, apparently was like the first or one of the first people to leave the Brazilian camp and like get back on with it and get over to play with his club team, which I am pretty psyched about because I, I, I like that. I don't know. This has just been such a weird bookmark to put in the middle of the Premier League season. And I like that at least that little thing that he did makes me think oh he's he's ready to get back to it if anything he's hungry to play more minutes that he hasn't been playing you know he's hungry to be a part of it he's like he's back on his like main quest and this world cup side quest is over i i i think that the the some of the upsets that have been caused in this tournament is going to mean there are certain star players we had assumed would be playing deep in the tournament who are gonna what take like four or five days off and then and then rejoin their their teams like that's that that will impact 
the the remaining fixtures in way like i mean that's what you're saying right that 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 is the the surprise for you is that martinelli would have probably been at the tournament for another week and a half two weeks yeah for sure well not only is that a surprise but i was just sort of pleasantly surprise isn't the right word but i was just sort of i was delighted to see that he was so he didn't want to linger there he didn't want to like go on a quick vacation with his family he's like all right time to do arsenal stuff and I hope that he goes and does great Arsenal stuff now, you know? I mean, I will say this is so arsenal but lingering on Brazil, the fact that Gabriel Jesus managed to pick up a knee injury in a World Cup right. that he barely played in, you know, because... And he's out for think, three months? Yeah. And to me, when I hear that, I think maybe not back this season. You know what I mean? Because it's like, it's a surgery... So three months, like, does that mean three months until he's playing in training again? Does that mean, th- you know what I mean? Like, I wouldn't be surprised if, you know, and then you get a weird situation where, like, okay, theoretically he can play, but he hasn't played for four months. Do you want to start him in the FA Cup final? Or, you know, do you want to put him in in these, like, crucial late-season games? Like, I don't know. Does that mean that Arsenal's going to buy I hope so. I mean, that's the rumors that are going around right now. And like, if I was trying to put any sort of silver lining on it for Arsenal, I would say that it'd be a neat time for them to recruit. And because I think otherwise, when they were playing really well earlier this season, it'd be hard to recruit someone that's really ready to be in the starting 11 because they'd be like, well, seems like you guys have already picked your starting 11. So why would I come here and be number two? But now you can basically say to any striker very truthfully, like, look, you are going to walk into this team that is first in the Premier League. Like, do you want to do that? Like, it seems like a fun thing. The the tough part is which striker? It's, yeah, great the, question. Strikers are like garage band drummers. You're like, if you find one, you hang on to it. <laughs> you yeah. don't let it go. They're a little bit quiet and try to bang your girlfriend. Oh, sorry. That's not where you were going with that. They're different in that sense than garage band drummers. Are they? <laughs> Some. Some are quite loud. Like Zlatan would let you know. He's like, I am the Zlatan. I am Frenching your girlfriend after practice. She is not your girlfriend. She is all of our Zlatan friend. Two, three, four. <laughs> oh, Zlatan, your rhythm. <laughs> do you think do you think he would be a decent drummer Zlatan? he's got to me he's too too much limbs i think, uh, I think he yeah. need, like compact little limbs to be a good drummer like i don't think he'd be humble enough to ask for advice on how to be a good drummer i mean he would just assume he, he could be great at it and then that's why he would fail do you think he just assumed he was great at soccer and then he just happened to be Zlatan was born to play. So I, the, the voice of music is not how Zlatan talks. <laughs> Who does all. talk like that? Is that a diehard thing? Are you hey, just... it's Zlatan! <laughs> Zlatan it in. We could just do like a revisionist history uh, voices for people. It's like, no, Zlatan does sound like, hey, it's me, Zlatan. <laughs> like a Brooklyn. I'm a Zlatino. Zlatino. <laughs> Zlatinx. I'm Zlatinex, you know? I'm I'm woke, but I'm still a gangster at heart, you know? I got these, what do you think I got these teardrop tattoos, huh? All right. Well, this podcast was just redeemed by that, I think. 
Um, yeah, that was the good part. Do you want to jump through some of these other matches? Let's go. Yeah, let's go. Argentina Netherlands. Messi. Pretty far away from this time. So let me struggle through my middle-aged brain to remember what happened. Um, Messi had a penalty, right? Yes. Yes. I know. It, all right, so this this is why it's great that we don't have the fixtures in front of us. We have to re- rely on long-term memory from days past. So I know it went down to Netherlands basically having like a cheeky down 2-0 comeback with, did you see that free kick? It was like the most dastardly free kick I think I've ever seen, especially in a major tournament. Like they like kind of rolled it in on the ground right alongside the wall. Oh yes, yes, yes! It was so tricky. I and I don't know why they don't try stuff like that more. It seems like it would like have a pretty good chance of working. But yeah, remind. I'm guessing nobody was lying on the ground to do that. Like that's a great question. The free kick barricade. I'm looking now. Now I'm looking at the highlights to try to remember. But yeah, I, I think you're probably right. Um, I won't look now. That'd be dumb. But yeah, I they I remember they had scored the second goal came after like it was like ten minutes of stoppage time and they scored in the eleventh minute of stoppage time. You know, so it was already right on that line. When they did that, I do remember thinking it's one of those stupid things that is not actually true, but it feels true of like you just feel the momentum of the game. And it really kind of felt like because Argentina is in a very similar position to Brazil, where we talked about where it's like they're just the weight of expectations, especially when they have a great player like Messi on the team. It's like it just feels like every time they get in that position where they could see them fucking up, like they're even more than any other team, they're gonna be like, oh god, it's happening. Oh god, we're gonna fuck up now. Well, he it's him especially because everyone keeps suggesting, oh, this might be his last World Cup. You know, like he. Who knows where he's going to, to be playing his club football next year. Uh, rumors of MLS persist. Mm. Um, it, w- it, it would be, I mean, it, it's almost seemed like for sure, uh, not to get ahead or not to jump back to Morocco, Portugal, but Ronaldo, that felt like he knows he's done. Like he's pretty, he, he's starting to get the message that he has done, at least as an international footballer. Yeah. Um, because he was only really kind of making sub appearances. And when he did, he was getting booed. Uh, and he's had like no impact in any football match this whole season. It's kind of crazy. Yeah. He had he had impact for 10 minutes against Everton for United. And that's it. Yeah, it's kind of wild. I mean, even Messi, like I remember what, in watching that Netherlands game. It's like he's still so magical at times when he's on the ball. But like. He just looks kind of old and slow. You know what I mean? Like they're they're just not. It's not a it's not a kind game to aging. You know, it just really isn't. That's a good point, Jeff. That was very that was very wise of you, Jeff. <laughs> Hot take that getting old isn't good, especially <laughs> for, for a game that relies on sprinting for <laughs> ninety minutes. He's um, so he's so good though that I kind of feel like he could invent a way to like you know what I mean if you did if you had the right tactics around him 
where he could sort of hang out with not a whole lot of responsibility. I think he, he could I think he could dazzle still. He's just so good, but he But it's he it's harder and harder and slow and weak and old. It's hard it gets it gets harder and harder the closer you get to the top to like play any tactics that have a passenger. Like that's kind of why Ronaldo didn't start all those matches because he's just not doing the work that you need to do or or you're yeah. You're not winning the ball back nearly as much. Like you're st- you're stymieing your team's attack by not being uh what's the word? Not by not taking the initiative with that. Yeah. And he bitched about it at United and he bitched about it at Portugal. I mean, and there's something to that in the sense I feel like that's actually a sort of relatively recent change. Because I think like even ten years ago, there were just so many players that did that. You know what I mean? Like Ozil did that, like James Rodriguez did that. You know, there's so many that like you could exist. Even like guys like Erickson, like he's had to learn how to pull his weight in a different way and not just sort of hang out near the goal, you know, or like not even near the goal, but like hang out one player behind near the goal. Well, Erickson is at this point, he's a quarterback. Right. Football quarterback. He's, he's, to me, he's going into that mold of what Pirlo did, where it's like, I can sit back and you become shit in America. (laughs) <laughs> no, that's in two years for him in particular. <laughs> but like, I think he is, you know, he's just playing a bit deeper, but just so good at passing. And, he, and I think also it's just his footballing brain is something that could be, you know, put in a jar and studied. You know what else is good at passing, Jeff? You, the buck, to the next just, topic. I was going to say time at passing oh. us by. Isn't that the truth, man? This has been another episode of Meet the Psychics. Of, of Meet the, or maybe not Psychics. Meet the Psychos. <laughs> um, do you think we covered Por- Portugal, Me- Mexico? Yeah, Portugal scored the one goal. Or sorry, Mexico. Mexico. <laughs> oh, Morocco scored yes. the one goal. Portugal couldn't really generate anything substantial, which is crazy to like see like Bruno Fernandes and... Bernardo Silva, players like that on the pitch, Neves, like legitimate players, like even with uh, the Dar- best Darwin Portugal Nunez, team we've Nunez. seen in a long time. Yeah, like it's crazy that they couldn't. I guess that Morocco's just been working that hard, and that's and they've got they've got a lot of good legs in their team with like Ashraf Hakimi and is it Zayek or Zaish? Zay, I've heard it pronounced like five different Ziyech. ways at this World Cup in particular. Like, I've heard Zayek. I had always kind of said it like Zayek, Zayek. I would, I would guess Zayek, but I, I would be. Fun. I would also also imagine someone pronouncing it like Slavically, like Zayek. That that would be a bold choice too. I mean, granted, that's exactly the kind of impersonation choices we make on this podcast. Of like, what is he Moroccan? I'll give him a Slavic accent with a tinge of Brooklyn. <laughs> well, it's funny because that's my Sean Connery who is Scottish pretending to be Spanish in the Highlander movie. Ramirez! <laughs> yeah. Um, that's so funny. <laughs> that's like a very specific uh, impersonation. I can just do that one name, but I nail it. <laughs> so, um, I do one joke about Sean Connery where I say, uh, what time does Sean Connery arrive at Wimbledon? When? Tennis. Tennis. Oh, uh, nice. <laughs> <laughs> um, 
All right, Jeff, before we go to the fourth of the four quarterfinals, do you, can you read the uh, the title of the episode at the top of the page? I'm going to read it in my head first to make sure I don't create a legal contract that I'll regret. I see England. I see France. I didn't see Brazilians dance. To be fair, I actually saw a ton of Brazilians dance in that <laughs> game when they were four minutes away from winning it, or so they thought. Well, I didn't of, see that. A lot of dancing then. <laughs> That's great, you know what? Like, if you're gonna if you're gonna do the dancing thing, if you're gonna like triumphantly dance when you win, I think you have to commit to it. And then I think you have to do like a sort of sad interpretive dance when you lose, where you're, you know, like shoegazing. Yeah. Or yeah, you could do like you could do that one, kind of like the South Park Goth Kids. You could do. I'm not in love. Do, 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 do. <laughs> yeah, just like a mosh pit of tears would be fine, but you know, don't just not dance now. Like you're Monday, the one I beat dance. Portugal. Tuesday, I beat someone else. <laughs> um, all right, England versus France. Uh, I would say, in my opinion, this was the what I thought was the closest game on paper in terms of like either team could win. Yeah, yeah. Netherlands. I feel like if they were not the Netherlands, if they were some other country that just had a sort of middling football resume. You'd be like, yeah, whatever. Like they're like a good team. They're not a pushover by any means. They beat the United States of America, which we'll get to in a little bit. But um, uh. but you know, like I, 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 they're not. It's not Cruyff days, right? Whereas I don't know, like, like I thought for once England was maybe as good as the English press had hyped them up to be. And I mean, they were, they were, they really should have tied it up, and then it should have gone to pens and. I mean, and as much as it's crazy to say, like, in a game where they were given two pens by the referee, and granted, I'm watching this on a BBC feed, so maybe I'm just sucking in some of the bias. I thought they were, like, a bit hard done by that referee. Like, there was a very obvious free kick, maybe penalty in the first part, where the guy just sticks his foot kind of as if it was a stick in someone else's bicycle wheel in between Harry Kane's leg and he fell down and it's like that's always a foul you know what I mean like you can decide whether it's inside or outside of the box but like right um so I I don't know I I felt like there were a few moments in there I thought as always you know Saka is just a guy where they love to just hack him to pieces and then if you're an Arsenal fan who doesn't even particularly like England like me you just sit there and like I don't know like chew your fingernails but I, I felt like they, they it was not a, uh, I don't know. I, th- I think there were a lot of calls that went against them. That shouldn't have, probably. How, mu- how many XG is the missed Harry Kane penalty kick? Because I just think you can't expect to win the World Cup and punt away golden opportunities like that. Yeah. It wasn't, to, to be fair to him, it wasn't even that far off. You know what I mean? Like it was a foot over the bar, but it's just, I, but who he is, that's another one. He is, he's supposed to hit that. Yeah. And he does usually, you know, it's like, he, he's a very good record with it. It's, it's really a shame. I don't know. I mean, another thing that they, they brought up because they were, um, there was such a long VAR, sort of break before they decided like, oh, you're not allowed to just run up and knock people over from behind, which is what happened. And 
So, you know, it's another like that's just that's another small failing of the referee where they get the thing right in the end. But he, it sh- to me, it was very obvious from the get go of like it should have pointed to the spot. They should have been kicking right away. And it's like icing the kicker in American football where it's like you're just sitting around for another five minutes, like waiting, waiting, letting the nerves build, letting the crowd get in your ear. And it's like if he had been able to take that right away, how much more likely is he to hit that, you know? Probably. I don't know. Doesn't it? But doesn't it? And not in that case, but doesn't it work both ways? Where taking a long time also gives the goalkeeper plenty of time to double and triple guess what they're going to do? Yeah. I always feel like the goal kicker is in a position there where it's like. Wait, the, sorry. Did I say goal kicker? I meant mm, goalkeeper. I definitely said goal kicker and then goalkeeper <laughs> But. I think they're in a weird position where if they if they save it, it's such a like weird bonus. Where like for me, I think maybe that's just how my brain works in like a sports zone. Like, no, you're right. No we're one... talking about it like he should have scored. So it's like it's, you're right. It's we're saying 90 percent chance it, it's the the taker of the penalty is expected to deliver. Right. So for me, like the pressure's completely off where it's like, okay, like your team has screwed you. Like you are now going to have to like be the guy who gets scored on, but you're going to get scored on. And unless you are a hero. And it was funny because I think afterwards they all like ran over to yours. Like, yeah, great job, man. It's like, yeah, good job. Like convincing him to kick it over the bar. Like, you know, you didn't save it, but um, yeah. I, I, in a weird way for me as a as a goalkeeper, I would feel like the, I don't know, that would be like the least pressure. I'd feel so much more pressure on like a random corner kick where there's five people in my way and I need to somehow jump over all of them and punch a ball. That's And that's a really difficult thing to do and to be able to judge those things as they're happening in split seconds and, you know, know when you should go and stay. And that like, that strikes me as way harder than just diving left or right. When when the match was over, I felt kind of bummed. I don't think I know I, I wasn't like necessarily an, an England fan. Mm. I think I just didn't want. I don't want France to be repeat champions. I feel like that would be obnoxious. I mean, and you have to say now, out of the remaining teams, they're probably the favorites, huh? I mean, Argentina probably. Yeah, that's an interesting man. I'm always segueing at the wrong time, but we could segue. That looks like in... the final. That looks like that could be the final. Which would be a great final, by the way. I mean, that's, that's classic. But um, do we want to do like a misguided segue really quick to the game of the day? Oh, wait. We didn't We didn't put it in the running order, did we? I did. I, it's, oh, you did. It's in there at the very bottom. Oh, well, before you do that, can we just do okay. a quick a quick meet the soccer fantasy World Cup pool update? Because this will take two seconds. I just want to tell oh, you, Jeff. Okay. Jeff, you are donkey punching the league of four of us. Uh, I was gonna say, I think I like at this point. Who do you guys? I remember looking around and thinking that everybody else had weird teams to win that I don't even think are in it anymore, right? So our friend Harding, Everton fan Harding, friend of the pod. Yeah, all these are only only friends of the pod that are (laughs) that are included, but. he had done pretty well in the group stage and just never bothered to enter his teams in for the knockout. <laughs> yeah. So that he actually, 
he 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 was in with a uh, with a shout, but then didn't participate the second part. I got I've gotten decimated because I predicted that Brazil would be in the final beating England. So I'm yeah. done. Uh, then our friend Chris Todeshek, a uh, friend of the pod, he just edges me by two points. He he predicted his champion was England, so he also kind of uh, had his bracket busted. Um, he had, a he had England, Spain. He still has Argentina, but I think he yeah, does. He but he Argentina didn't. He but he didn't pick them to win. So all he yeah. So he's um, done. He's not getting any more points, right? Right. And you had predicted France to win, and that is a possibility. But you predicted them to beat Brazil. So you could still you could still end up getting the winner right, which is worth worth its weight in fictional gold. I remember vividly taking France and Brazil in and out of the winner spot there, and then it settling on France because I, I feel like France is a more solid team, whereas like on a given day Brazil might be able to do more brilliant things, but like France is just going to come out and be like pretty damn good every game, you know. Whereas cut, like, Brazil's cut, a bit up and down to me. Cut to the like sports documentary about how you managed to pick one half of the final right, and like we do like a like a Michael Jordan Bulls like seven oh, part. My God, I would love to do like a really deadly serious documentary on how I did this. <laughs> that would be so funny. <laughs> we just talk to people that know you and just like just, try to get inside your head. Just me, like Jordan, like, and I took that professionally because i'm a professional actually unlike jordan you fucking chump he took it personally because he's a stupid person <laughs> yeah i don't even view myself as a person more a god i just, just I compare myself to it's me jesus kanye west and that's it basically i'm kind of like a professional god like better than the real one <laughs> you like how even my impersonation of myself i'm doing the wrong accent <laughs> this is this is not meet the accents jeff it was We'd be off the air already. Um, uh, yeah. All right. You wanted to talk about this particular match that we missed. We did not do an update last week. Um, we were too sad. We were busy. And United States of America versus Netherlands, as you probably got from our Argentina versus Netherlands recap. USA lost that one in a heartbreaker three to one, Jeff. Where were you? How were you? Why were you? Take a spin for the moment. I'm glad I've only watched one USA game from this World Cup in the pub, and I guess I won't watch any more because we're not going to play anymore. But um, I was just kind of chilling at home, like we were watching with the kids, and I'm kind of glad that I was doing that rather than like, because like nothing's worse than like being out, and now you have to like slog home, and it still is going to be the same crappy outcome. You know what I mean? Like your slog home, no matter what, how well you plan your subway bus route, is not going to change the outcome of the game. So, so are you suggesting? Are you suggesting that the only reason to go to a, a, a pub to watch sports is to be sure you're going to win and make sure that you win? I am suggesting that the last twenty minutes of losing in a pub is not fun at all. But to be fair, like that's probably that's actually probably my favorite atmosphere to watch a game in, even more than in the stadium, is like in like a in like a pub with a good atmosphere. But 
it's funny. I mean, not often do you have that good atmosphere in a pub. So maybe I'm picking and choosing. But yeah, for, I like for, like like a no. pub that's packed to the rafters, really into the game. Can't beat that. Forgive me, forgive me for being the homer with this reference. But when we were at that second half of uh, United versus Spurs, oh yeah, because we couldn't find a bar for the first. Like it was it was miserable. But the last fifteen minutes of what the fuck. I don't think I felt those stakes in a bar here, even when surrounded by like the right fans. Really? Like I've never, it's never felt like someone could like smash a glass over someone else's head or flip a table over from the tension in the room and not knowing who's rooting for who. And that was interesting because we were in somewhat neutral gang territory, like in London. So theoretically Tottenham, but like pretty far away from Tottenham. And as we all know, London is red. So um you know it was there were like some tottenham fans around but then also like united is a club that is followed all over the country so there's like a bunch of united fans around as well and that's what i thought you meant by london is red that uh, london is all united <laughs> Unf- fans. it's probably unfortunately true in a way that i don't want to <laughs> dig into but no um uh but yeah no i get what you're saying like especially dicey there i've it's funny though i've had that like a. Uh, like watching soccer games in pubs in at seven o'clock in the morning in Arlington, Virginia, like some of the like craziest tensest atmospheres I've ever been a part of. Like I remember vividly watching a North London Derby and, you know, kicked off at 7 a.m. So I left like the family house, went to the game. And then when the game was, so the game's going to be over around nine ish. And then at like 10, I was supposed to meet them for brunch and so I get to the pub and I was kind of thinking like, oh, like I think I had I don't think I'd ever been to a pub showing of a game at like 7 a.m. at that point. And so I was like, oh, like, what do you do? Like, are they even serving beer? Like and so I went in like thinking I would drink coffee, but then everyone was on the beer. So I was like, all right, well, I'll have a beer, too. So I did. And then like the guys next to me are like hammered by 730. And there was like a clear breakdown within the pub. There was like a corner for Spurs fans because the pub was red, but it was, you know, there's like, they're pushed over there. And then somehow like, I didn't realize it, but I like got there early cause I wanted to have a seat. And so I have a seat at the bar right in front of the TV, but it's right on like the dividing line between the Spurs fans and the Arsenal fans. And like, it's a bit testy. And, but I mean, the place was packed and it was like, people were going nuts still 7 30 in the morning which makes it that much more absurd but then the guy next to me was like hey if it pops off with them are you coming outside with us and i was like wait what and then i was like oh you mean like to fight <laughs> and i was like but i have a brunch reservation <laughs> like i can't fight this morning so i didn't um hey yeah, mate were... brunch or punch which sounds better <laughs> like definitely brunch like by <laughs> a million miles like have you seen the biscuits at the place there's a deal on bottomless fists <laughs> gonna turn you into me bloody mary <laughs> okay you update on my life rachel <laughs> used the word bloody in a sentence unironically recently so that's how british were becoming jeff that tampon is bloody <laughs> no not in that way at all uh that would have been acceptable but she said couldn't actually she was discussing do you like your um, steak? Bloody. She was discussing the night that we went out for Indian food at Tashum, and she said, uh, "She's like, yeah, it was so loud in there, I couldn't hear a bloody thing." And I was like, "What?" 
And she was like, what? I think it was so rainy out I couldn't hear a bloody thing. That too. That's what relitigate it for the pod. Dude, it's snowing in London right now. Isn't that crazy? Oh, you're ready. You're about to enter Dickens time, right? You're it's gonna be very Dickensian. Although supposedly those when he wrote Christmas Carol was like the ten coldest winters on London record in a row. And so like he had this very like like this whole image of Christmas that he painted that is now like everyone's image of Christmas was basically just like a weather anomaly and London isn't usually like that. Like usually it's just rainy and like I don't know, two degrees above freezing at all times. Kind of like a a shit San Francisco climate. Shit San Francisco. You're just a shit San Francisco. <sighs> yeah. I'm Probably. sorry. I I feel like you just disappeared and I was suddenly confronted with Michael the Archangel. <laughs> <laughs> Singing the uh, Lord's tones to me. I have a proposition for you, Skylar. $500 I, and I'll do it. <laughs> uh, I'm going to have to talk you down from that. But I'm going to switch to United Are Broke as a thing. Okay. I want you to start telling me about that. I'm going to go grab a beer and come back. <laughs> so I'm not telling you at all. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to be listening. As hard as right, I can. But I want you to run. I want you to sprint. Yes. Sprint. All right. So what Jeff doesn't know is that I'm not going to do shit. If anything, you know what? This is Skylar time. So what am I going to do today? I think we could go running in a little bit. It's been time. Raining. And we're done. And <laughs> what I, did I, miss? I can't believe that that so succinctly expressed why United are broke. And I, I really can't go in, into it anymore without repeating myself. Uh, okay. Well, you don't have to then. <laughs> no, Jeff. Uh, the Glazers did not take out their their normal uh, Grand Theft Football Club deposit because there isn't any money. Oh, wow. Like they've officially... This oh, is the reason news, that... Bad news situation. But this is the reason that they're selling now is because they have officially drained us of a billion in interest alone. Wow. So think of any other club and just take away a billion. See how they do. Wow. It's a testament to how good we were before the Blazers. <laughs> that's a t that's 10 Pogba's or probably like 20 good players. Well, 20 yeah, or, better, or better spent even more. Um, yeah. But that's, that, that's just interest. That's not even player. That's not the money that we did spend that was... Uh, our own money. Um, but yeah, so they're looking to sell because it, uh, they need a billion dollars to redo the stadium. They need money for Carrington. The squad's still a few hundred million short of competing. Um, like, there's not going to be any more money. So they're trying to just get a lump sum now, which it sucks. What about it, calling JG Wentworth? There's an advertisement that I see every on late at night on television where you can get a lump sum now. They have a song. Cut to United's new jersey sponsor is <laughs> JG Wentworth. That'd be amazing. We'd have we'd have a really weird commercial to kick it all off. Like Alexis Sanchez comes out and sits at a piano bench and starts playing. I have a structured settlement and I need cash now. <laughs> Alexis <Yeah>. Sanchez. 
Uh, that's it. It's just it's glazers just like glazers repair, glazers but, replace. That would actually make sense because a glazer is someone who makes glass. <laughs> Go on. Um, the all the money that we spent in the summer apparently just got put on the company credit card. Wow. Technically, with inch with the interest that it will cost, it will be over three hundred million that was spent in the summer by them. Just saying, the club in the future is spending that. So like there's they're so financially irresponsible. Like they're such shitty fucking owners. Um that's an interesting point. Well, man, didn't even mean no pun intended there, but like interest rates in general are going oh. way up. And pretty much the entire time that the Glazers have owned the club, they could always sort of borrow for free, but now that you definitely can't. And so I mean, you wonder how much that is. There's like this, it seems to be a selling season right now among big well, sports the, teams. The dollar and the pound conversion rate also makes them want to, if they're going to get their money out and turn it to dollars, they'll get the most dollars doing it now. Yeah. Hmm. And so the rumor is that that could be done by springtime, like before the end of the season. Wow. Who but, are the alleged suitors? It's it's after an initial sort of frenzy in information, and then the same sort of thing happening at Liverpool. Uh, everything that I've read has just been like conjecture because, like, I don't think people will really be leaking this stuff until it's pretty much done. Yeah, and I mean, it, I feel like it's been do, going they're on. They're doing it to make it less likely, you know. So yeah, yeah, or some sort of like attempt at shifting leverage, but like. The, su the suggestion is that this isn't like they just started the process yesterday. It's like this has been going on for a while in like small rooms. Um, you know what I mean? Like it's like they've probably been talking with people about what they think they could get and like starting the wheels started turning probably like over the summer. Um, and, and the spending was, was really just in an effort to keep the club's performance up high enough so that they could get maximum sale price. Mm -hmm. Like if the club is in total free fall, no one's going to want right. to pay top dollar for it. Um, but it sounds like we might not be buying anyone in the, in the winter to replace departed Ronaldo. So we like have no strikers other than Mark Thiel. So that's it. So we're broke and the club stuff was, I didn't know whatever Arsenal stuff is going on. Rashford did have that sort of desperate free kick there at the end. They had that. I think it was like the very last touch on the ball. Maybe. Do you remember that from the England game where they were like just outside the 18 yard box? And he almost would have been scored, a perfect right? spot. It was pretty close, but yeah, it just didn't quite break their way. I can't believe he didn't get more game time. And I know you'll say, well, Saka, blah, blah, blah. But like Mark, wasn't Rashford like, co-leading scorer for the team with limited minutes i don't know he had That's three goals and he had three goals in the tournament and he started once and like subbed three times or yeah. subbed twice and didn't appear once at all mm. well, sorry with a topic like club stuff i can just dominate club it. stuff you can just club these baby seals of topics to death. Was was there any Arsenal thing you want to talk about before we played Skyler Las Vegas, whatever the hell that is? Um, there was so it's interesting. There's been there was no information about these personal reasons that Ben White got sent home from the World Cup. 
And then now there's been a pretty much completely unsubstantiated story that's come out in a tabloid and said it was because he just wasn't getting along with his teammates, which I find like very hard to believe. No, well, I don't know. Or like maybe he was like a, like the, I think the article is sort of saying more like he was like the turd in the punch bowl, but I what just does that mean? He that was being a dick. Like he was yeah, dismissed. Like from he was being just like dick? he was the one guy that wasn't that was like a problem. But I just find that so hard to believe because he is so the opposite of that in every you know moment of his life that I've known him for. So I I don't know. I, I think I I find that and you know someone said like oh this is pretty on cue of the English press just deciding you know, to shit on the English team in the middle of the knockout stages. But um, I, I think that has come up, and I hope that that's not the case. I mean, Jesus out is a problem. I think, I don't know. It'll be really interesting to see what this Arsenal team is like when they come back. So day after Christmas, we'll find out against West Ham. Hopefully a uh, hat trick for Nketiah. Doesn't it feel like... It's both not that long away from like a relativity to Christmas perspective, but like I miss like I just watched two United friendlies in the last few days because they've been in Spain, but it's been like the C team because like 15 United players were at the World Cup and therefore it's just the remainder of like your Scott McTominay's and then a bunch of youth kids. Um, And they lost to both Spanish teams because it was like their first team. Um, And Watching that made me miss watching the complete team, but I didn't miss watching like that was kind of painful to watch like just the shittiest version of us get beaten by like a okay first team. Yeah, we just had who we just played Leon, and you know that maybe maybe that's another. I'm glad you said that because it sort of reminded me of an Arsenal point. But we did have a bit of a. Uh, a nice game against Leon. And there are a bunch of players who've been like, we really haven't rotated the squad much this year. So there's all these guys that are right on the fringes where they're sort of like number 13 or number 14 on the team sheet, but well, they like never Tier- get Tierney? in. Yeah. Like, like uh, Tierney, um, you know, the guy I was thinking about in particular was uh, Vieira, who is like, he dominated the Portuguese league last year, probably like would have been on the fringes of the Portuguese team if he had stayed there. Probably would have been in the Portuguese team if he had stayed there, but he just hasn't played for us that much this year. But when he has, it's been very up and down. He's had a few great moments and some ones where he hasn't looked great. Um, but he had like a really, really nice goal. And I think he just has he has a lot of quality. If he can figure out how to be a tiny person in the Premier League, I think that he'll make it work. But I don't know. There's a little hope for me that like maybe this time away from some of the superstars at Arsenal gives the other guys the memory that they're actually pretty damn good. That's why they're there, you know, and maybe they put that to use. You are always so optimistic and I'm always so like coffins half full. <laughs> Your coffin's three quarter full at least. <laughs> Cause that, is that a fat joke? Um, <laughs> all right, Jeff. How many is- cameras did you eat? I mean, they say they had ten pounds, but Jesus, that was that was a Moroccan impersonation. <laughs> that was like Watto from the Star Wars prequel. Hey, Anakin, uh, you do pod racing? Uh. <laughs> yeah. Uh, anyway, dun, 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 
Okay. Yeah, honey, I'm gonna get me an old fashioned. Uh, you want anything while we're at this crap's table? <laughs> all right. I <laughs> no. first of all, first question for whether this game will even work, even the tiniest bit. Um hit, hit is me. do you know how odds work? Like if can you talk to me about odds at all? Because this is gonna be a game <laughs> where I ask you some questions about where it's basically sort of you versus the the, uh, the gambling handicappers in Vegas, where I want to see if you can sort this of. It's not going to go well. I'm, th- this is this is this is a an assassination. This will be a zero point excursion for me. Um, well, because I don't even know of these points. Because you were you were asking me about the point system. I'm not sure that this game makes any sense to compare to other games in terms of points, but. Um, do you like know generally even how odds work? Because you don't strike me as a sports gambler. Although you, you saw me gamble for the gambled saw, on sports. You saw me gamble for first the first time. time. Yeah. Oh wow. Okay. Not that I gamble on. I mean, gambling on sports is a terrible idea. The, I mean, you can't win. Like it's so stacked against you. But I feel like every other person with a sports podcast is like a just vaguely veiled gambling addict and so mm-hmm. that is one thing that sort of separates our podcast from them and makes us better than them in every way um, we've been sponsored by bet5 um we just wanted to use this moment to talk to you about bet5.com bet5.com has all of <laughs> that that would be a funny time to like forget almost forget to launch into our first ad read that would be pretty funny I mean, there is like if there's ever going to be like automated ads put against this podcast, guaranteed it's going to be bet five, six, seven, eight. Like it'll be, they'll all be there. But yeah, and me undies, me undies <laughs> dot com. I, I really, like. I wish that our podcast was successful enough where they had sent me a pair of me undies because I, I am like very interested to try. But Jeff, no. I'm gonna buy you a pair of me undies right now on the air. Uh, this has never happened before in podcast history that someone without a sponsorship <laughs> has spent retail MSRP <laughs> to buy their product. This is this is what I'm willing to do for you because wow. you are your friend. Some would say you're a colleague. <laughs> <laughs> Some would say that. Um, that I always thought you were going to say that no one in the history of podcasts has ever bought a pair of me undies before because I'm not even sure if they're but around live. Anymore. But live, no, they definitely are. I get them every month. Do you? Um, yeah, I do. Oh, uh, really? Are they guessing, good? Yeah, I'm guessing you're gonna want a trunk. Do you want something plain colored, or do you want something more like designy? Oh, um, either way is fine. I I have no real preference. All right. Well, all right. Keep talking about your odds. Um, so, <laughs> would you? care to wager a bet no would you care to guess what morocco's odds were before this world cup of winning the world cup what is the unit of measurement so all right so that's why i was asking because it's like will you even know like what thing we're talking about um so if like when you're betting an underdog then you get paid, like if I bet $100, I'm going to get more than $100 if that bet comes in, right? And so, like, 
that is how it's structured where if you bet a hundred dollars how much more than a hundred do you get back um and would is you, there some sort of error uh is there do so i have to get it exactly so right let's say that if you were if you were trying to uh if you're trying to guess or if you were trying to like quote it you would say like plus a thousand means that if you bet a hundred you get back eleven hundred if that particular underdog wins that bet so if you had to hazard a guess what betting on morocco to win the entire world cup was before the world cup what would you guess it's hard because i don't i don't know the range as well i don't know what would be an insane number of plus or minus to say like it's kind of like a, a just like a floaty number that has no context to me I'm sorry. This I don't think this game's gonna work. You're not gonna play this game, huh? I just don't. I think I'll just say a random number, and you'll be like, "No, seven hundred and eleven. Like, <laughs> I think you should just try, and you should just commit to the bit. Plus eight hundred. Plus eight hundred. Oh, you idiot! No, I'm just kidding. Um, <laughs> no, um, they were plus twenty five thousand. So if you had bet a hundred dollars on Morocco to win the World Cup before the World Cup began. You would theoretically be two games away from a twenty-five thousand dollar payoff on that one hundred dollar bet. Um, now, if you'd like to keep playing this game Our- that you've already told me multiple times you don't want to keep playing, Skyler Las Vegas. Um, I I feel like I feel like <laughs> I'm being Rochambeau'd in in the podcast competition bracket, being totally Rochambeau'd here. Now you know I'm weak. Now you now you're seeing weakness. You're seeing me bleed. I can just smell the blood. Um, <laughs> bloody, <it's> bloody lovely. <laughs> um, so Morocco to win the World Cup now, as they've already played their way into the semis. There, it must out. have shrank because now they're oh. so now. Obviously, you would make much much less, but it, they're still underdogs. Plus so, eight hundred. Very good guess. They're plus 850 at Fox Bet, which is kind of amazing that Fox Sports has a gambling apparatus attached to it. I'm just realizing that now as I look at the odds. So um, I was never wrong. I just wasn't thinking of the right time frame. Oh, is that it? Because I <laughs> described the right time frame for like five minutes. That's weird. That you, you know, know what? I right wasn't in the right headspace. Like, I just needed to like center my be smarter. Focus. And, like, yeah, uh, yeah. Um, that makes sense. I just um, needed to have done research. <laughs> <laughs> um, all right. So with that same thing in mind, I won't do the same thing for. Well, actually, that'd be interesting to hear about from the beginning. I'll have to keep googling this. What would you say Croatia's odds are right now? Plus. 200 that's kind of close to what i would have guessed honestly um but according to this oh wait no i should double check because these odds are not oh they're not they're not they're not updated um me undies we would (laughs) (laughs) i just saw some odds but i think they were a couple days stale so i don't want to give you the wrong number by the time um, you're done saying it, they'll be evens. I don't know. That felt like an old-timey joke to go with. 
Yeah, no, it was a pretty good joke, but I was just no, uh, I, I was yeah, just busy googling yeah. things, so I didn't want to have a conversation with you because why would I do that? Um, this is the Croatia podcast we have done. <laughs> it is sleepy. Croatia. Ooh, wait, what did you say? Two hundred plus two hundred. Plus two hundred. Oh yeah, these are yeah, being I was... quoted differently. They they, oh. they would be plus seven hundred by this because they are seven to one odds according to uh, so the they're Scotsman. only. S- only slightly more likely to win than Morocco. That's where they're putting them. That's where they put them. And I think that that is fucking bullshit. I think Croatia is a much better team than Morocco on paper. I mean, granted. It's it's a battle of which, paper, which, which country is angriest is going to win. Right. Um, so moving up to the second finalist. There's a little hint for you. Um, what would you say the odds are? For Argentina to win at this late stage of the tournament. So far, I'll I'll give you one right. So that would be two and a half points in this crazy system. Because you were pretty damn close for Morocco. I hate this so much. (laughs) It it feels it feels pointless for me to guess. Your internet you is really out your of internet is your internet is Picassoing your face to me. I have seen that for you as well for me, and I wonder if it's my internet or what. It's probably my internet, but you never know. I am rubber, you are blue, whatever you say. Could be the ghost of Zencaster's past come to visit us around the holidays. Oh my god. Maybe it's just a sign that we've we're we've got an hour and ten minutes. Maybe it's a sign that this is just like the United States' performance in the World Cup, good enough for our limited audience. Just do these last two guesses and pretend like we're doing a good job, Skyler. Plus 200. Pretty close. I'll give you another one. It's plus 163, according to my calculations here. That's basically me nailing it, just to get it in the ballpark. Isn't So you're up to a... five. So now you could surpass... <laughs> With another two and a half points right now by guessing the odds on France, Skyler. This is gambling. This is why I don't like gambling. You like, could oh, surpass you. your seven-point high score. You could get up to seven and a half points. Which asterisk was not given to me in a ten-point game. It was given to me in a less than that. So the record will stand, Jeff, that I was, I was uh, whoever that chess player guy was from a few months ago i'm him i'm the one with the Kasparov, the norwegian dude who's like i'm really good and this other guy was cheating oh i see so you're saying had, i'm the guy with the butt plug you're the guy <laughs> yeah you're, yeah you're the guy with the uh, morse code butt vibrator <laughs> what a what an innovation listen who says he wasn't willing to suffer for his sport I, he says uh, he wasn't willing to pleasure for his point. <laughs> All right, Jeff. Uh, <laughs> France. There got to be minus because they're they're expected to win minus a hundred. That is incorrect, Skyler. So you're, you've flown so close. Shit. They they are even odds, which would be expressed as plus one hundred, I believe, um, on the money line. But they are one to one odds. Of winning out of which is interesting considering there are four teams left. So I think for me, they are, I would not, even though I've picked them in our pool, I would not bet 
them. That that's a crazy line. I don't. I was just talking with someone about. I don't understand why you would pick a, an overwhelming favorite to win. It feels like you just are more likely to lose money and not likely to gain anything. I mean, unless they win. I don't know. But if they win, aren't you getting like just your your bet back? Yeah, but like I think the and why do it? The There's a chance to have market, your money returned to you. Of like. Let's say that the market is treating it like they ought to win 80% of the time, but you know that they're going to win 99% of the time. That's a good bet. So you should do it. Say goodnight, Kevin. Goodnight, Kevin. Meet the